Hey, Jordan, good to see you. Good to see you as well, Neil. You look a bit disgruntled today. You're out in the rain for a while. I'm sad out there. Yeah. Your bloody door doesn't open. Yeah, I'm sorry and I mean, about look, that. <laughs> that's all right. It's not <laughs> I mean, it's not, Yeah, it's not really. I pay the strata, so... <laughs> yeah, I actually, don't know, don't know what you're happens. You're getting banged for buck. Well, actually, at least one, you can point. go in one way, but you know what? I'm really scared for your safety if there's ever a fire. What do you do? You just jump out there and hope you don't break too many bones. The, uh, the, f- <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> I think I could, I think I could survive that jump. Me too, actually. Well, I think so you, could. you wouldn't want to, but you could survive. For it. people listening and, and watching this, I'm, I'm only on the first level. So yeah. I'm only one level above ground. Yeah. I could easily survive. I think I could survive that without broken bones. And the other thing here is the smoke alarms are so sensitive. I have a, (laughs) you won't be able to see it, but I have a shower cap on my smoke alarm because it's that sensitive. Even if you you put, like toast will set it off. And then when when it goes off, the whole building has an alarm and the fire department comes and it it costs you like a thousand dollars. Yeah. Have you set it off? No, I've never set it off, but I've been told that's how much it costs. Yeah. And no, um, that's, a, that's a lesson. Go to your strata meetings, eh? Yeah. I really should, but I don't. Oh, you just... I don't. I don't know how you do... I don't know how anyone interacts in apartments. It seems like it's a community, but it's probably the furthest thing from it, surely. No. Do you even know who your neighbours are? I know the next door neighbour, but that's it. And when I say no, I know her name. Yes. That's Well, that's it. better than most. Yeah. She nice? Yeah, she's nice. She's lovely. <laughs> Well, I always I mean, feel like a creep being a single guy trying to say to her, hey, do you want to get lunch or something? Do you want to hang out, be be friendlier neighbours? Fair enough. But, yeah, once I ran into her in the car park late at night and I think I scared her a little bit. I was like, hey. And she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> and from then on, I just haven't. Well, actually, uh, I was going to give her some house plans. And I was knocking on her door and she oh. didn't answer about three times. Then I felt like a creep. So I just <laughs> gave up. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, the perils of being a single ethnic man. <laughs> the threshold for creepiness is just way too low. Was this plans? Were you feeling guilty and you wanted to make it up to her for freaking her out? No, no. I just, uh, I, she, we were talking once and she mentioned she liked houseplants. So I was like, oh, I'll give her one. That's so nice of you. Yeah. It's downright decent of you. It was truly just good intentions. You should just be wearing a bow tie all the time. You're like a a very nice man. Oh, on the outside. Nice and clean. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's the nicest people that always have the darkest underbelly. True. Especially when they live in apartments by themselves. Yeah. It's such a giveaway of someone who's plotting an assassination of a president. Wow, you know me too well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but let's uh, let's get started on on this week's topic. I believe it was uh, creativity, as it was. I didn't do any research this week because <laughs> it's a very broad topic. There, it is. It's a rabbit hole, man. But I suppose every subject is really. I mean, I remember reading someone who studied. Oh God, what was it even called now? A toad worm or something. The point is, it's a worm. One of the millions of species of worms. He was studying it for 47 years and he was still coming up with new discoveries. Okay. Just makes you sh- just goes to show. Just it just goes to show that creativity you could never fully study that as, <laughs> as know, one human being. Because <laughs> if you can't study area. a tapeworm after nearly half a century. Yeah. 
What Abe's supposed to go have? into everything, every painting anyone's ever done and just being like, I know the mechanisms of that. But actually, you know what? Mm. Be cool. I think I do know the mechanisms of that. Do you? Oh, so you, you, this, this uh, topic was your idea. So you, you've been looking into it a little bit, have you? Yeah, obsessively. Okay. What just broad creativity or any specific kind of creativity? Well, this is the thing. What you learn when you look at creativity from a psychological perspective, because usually I've always just been reading those books that everybody's creative. Yeah. And that's sort of true. Everybody is sort of like everyone's were you reading like at school. Kindergarten textbooks, were you? I think so. Everybody's creative. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just, <laughs> they took that? the pictures out as a prank. Okay. I don't know, because it's okay. the same. Like, it's wrong. I mean, it's, it's kind of true in that everyone can run, hmm. but not everyone's Usain Bolt. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is like a general theme that I. Man, this. This podcast should just be called The Weekly Come Down with Neil and Jordan. It's just like, sorry to shatter, shatter your illusions, kids, but your life's going to be pretty shit. Anyway, come back next week where we'll convince you more of that. Uh, but it seems that if you go into creativity that, look, everybody can come up with creative ideas. Yeah. But if you give out a list, the, the, the common test that they always use in creativity to see if somebody's creative or not is they'll give somebody something very simple like, uh, you know, here's a nail. Come up with as many things that a nail could be used for in three minutes. Right, so it's like an improv game. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's like, uh, whose line is it anyway? Well, I've never watched the show, but I'll just assume that that's what they, they just do. They give them a chair and they have to come up with as many possible scenes involving the chair, but not using it as a chair. So you use it as a... My mind immediately went to like a missile launcher for some reason. <laughs> did you play that as a kid? <laughs> that's did that's you? the nice guy in me. Like, oh yeah, it's <laughs> the fucking violent streak coming out. I did. I played that as a teenager. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wasn't getting laid. I was, oh, <laughs> I yeah, was playing yeah. improv games. <laughs> but don't you think that improv works later on in life? If while you're doing it, you don't get laid. But afterwards, it helps you get laid. How so? Just because the it's just like being able to adapt to new situations quickly. I've seen a lot of guys that do improv and I don't picture them as the guys who get laid. I, I 100% agree with you on that point. <laughs> but if they forgot that and got a skill that was useful, like being a plumber or some <laughs> shit, but they had the theory being that, it'd get about a tight spot. I wonder if there's any cross-section between people who are plumbers and people who do improv classes. <laughs> You know what I'm going to be? A very, no. repl- a very repressed pr- plumber. <laughs> yeah, I really don't think that there's uh, a single person that would cross over on that. But uh, mm. prove me wrong. Mm-hmm. The thing is... <laughs> but this na- Okay, so the nail, they had to come up with as many things they can do with the nail yeah. in three minutes. Yes, and... Okay. A lot of people will just come up with the same things of, uh, you can use it to put wood together. Uh, you could use it to stab someone. They'll come up with those kind of answers. But if you come up with answers that are just like, you can use it to puff balloons, to make kids angry and stuff like that, uh, and you come up with a bunch of those answers, you're going to be more creative. But the other thing that also has to be well, applicable to why that, is that. So is it the addition of not just the practical use for it, but what you can actually do with that practical use? So not just popping the balloon, but popping the balloon to make kids angry. Is that where the extra I mean, creativity comes from? Because it's probably not the best. Like, <laughs> like popping a balloon doesn't seem that And that's creative. where my mind is, your mind is like a terrorist attack and my mind is like making kids' life sad. 
<laughs> it is actually really... That's something else that I've been learning about creativity. It's the mind of a comic. A comic is kind of just an anti-artist in that an artist kind of wants to destroy what is there and build something better, but comics just want to just like, ruin it and then move on. That Yeah, I agree with that. Don't you? Yeah, yeah very cynical people. Um, so they're half creative. But anyway, the thing is that it's just about... They don't create, you, they destroy. That's it. They take down... They do others. the half... They, they the do be, the, the best part. comedy is taking someone down or taking... Or did this person destroys this person. Yeah. It's just being mean. Yeah, essentially. Um, but yeah, so anyway, like... In the creative part of it is that if you are able to come up with answers that you can actually use, that are applicable, that you could actually use a nail for that, but other people wouldn't think of that, yep. that makes you creative. Because sure. you're coming up with an idea that most people wouldn't come up with. Sure. So there's a va- so when you look into the psychology of intelligence, apparently... When you always just hear that they're the dancing creativity and there's a, um, a, a I don't know, like a, a, a math creativity and apparently that's not true at all. Apparently it's so much more sobering than that. If you're smart, yeah, you're just going to be good at everything. And if you're not, you're not. Sorry, kids. Wow. The only exception to that is if you're creative. Okay. You can be stupid and creative. It's rarer. Usually people that are much smarter right. are also going to be creative, but there's also smart people that just aren't creative. So how do you explain the people in, in school that, are, that just dominate the humanities and are terrible at maths and science? Like me. That was me. But the thing is, I think you, you just, just channel into it. You just didn't have that Asian anim- discipline. Didn't have the Asian discipline. Oh, <laughs> that, sure. That's what it comes down to, I think. And also, I think that on top of that, I don't think that you're very smart if you can read a history book. Sorry. It just means you can read. I think it's much more intelligent if you're able to do things like chemistry and physics. Clearly, that's where the smart people are. Sure, sure. But, I mean, there are other creative aspects of the humanities, writing stories and... Yeah. An English, an analysis of a text would take some level of creativity. Well, that's that's the overlap Hmm. in that you can be intelligent and you can be creative but you can also be dumb and creative. But just because you're intelligent doesn't mean you can. It's one of those, if all quarks, you're quarks. But um, the only exception in intelligence is creative intelligence. Apparently, this is what the, the new literature is saying. And so, as a result of that, I started looking at the statistics and, man, just oh, like we was. Uh, okay, oh. so that's different. So a creative intelligence can be independent to, as you said before, if you're smart, at one aspect of intelligence, then you just good at everything mm. but so creative intelligence is, is completely independent of that is that what you're saying it's not completely independent there is overlap yep as in but it's less if you're going to have an iq of 70 it's probably very unlikely that you're going to make the mona lisa sure but you can be stupid and creative okay that is possible okay and i know many of those people that explains a lot of musicians doesn't it <laughs> It does, man. Yeah. And don't you think that when you speak to musicians, they actually say things all the time. I mean, I like talking to comedians, but I like talking to them more philosophically, I guess, because they just think all mm. the time. So they, they actually are mm. con- constantly coming up with new connections and ideas. That's basically what their job is. But I think that because musicians are very good at tonality and timing and vibing and all those kind of things, actually, mm. I think that they are very funny people. And their brain just kind of works. Because also, if you think about it, music is definitely the most creative of the fields because you're just creating something from nothing. Like, it's a sound. 
sure. doesn't exist in the real world. When you're a painter or something, you can, even like abstract painting, you're still starting from a table or something okay. and then you're making it weird. But with a sound, it's kind of just born from it's nowhere. From, yeah. Okay. Interesting. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? So yeah. it's very interesting to think about this. And so I think honestly, like everybody's job would be a lot better. Hmm. They would be able to do their job a lot better if they were more creative. So that's what I've just been obsessed with for the last few weeks is how do you become more creative? Because it, it is like running. Mm. You can do track and field and you can get better at it. Some mm. people are just going to be naturally better than you. But the sure. thing is you can get better at it. And I think that's an improvement on everybody's world if they can. Because there's two things that they come up with constantly. First of all, usually people that are creative live tragic lives. Because, man, mm, That's we... something I want to yeah, what? go into a bit more. Well, the idea of the tortured artist... Oh yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about that? Because I have a stand-up joke about that, where I say I could never truly be a great comedian because I'm not. Well, I'm not depressed enough. You're a pretty chill guy. I've got yeah, to say. I, I'm just. My <laughs> life is just too. It's. I'm in control of my life. <laughs> All the great artists have something fucked up going on. You know. Even just the comedians. Look at Louis C.K. He has to masturbate in front of girls. Like I don't have. Yeah, I, yeah, nothing like that has it. happened. Hey, you know what, dude? Like I mean. That's why I need my parents to abuse me. Uh, just before it's too late, just <laughs> give me some of that darkness. You know? Have you said that in front of your parents when they go to the show, or do you just go, uh, "Yeah, I just won't say that one"? No, I've, sa- I've said that. I've said that. <laughs> yep. Well, dude, at least you've got the dedication to the art, man. That's, like, I, could, I don't know if I could do that. I'll it's take it. Raw. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, look, I agree with that, and also I do think that that is an indicator. You know when people always just go that like I don't know if I can listen to Michael Jackson ever again. Mm. This is getting into some shaky territory, but dude, I could listen to him easily. Oh yeah, he made Thriller, dude. It doesn't matter if he. I mean, yeah, okay. It matters that he uh, touched kids, I guess, mm. on a legal term and like a world of moral decency. But the thing is that you will you will see this link with every great artist in history which is that dude they were pretty personally fucked up yeah <laughs> and that's, it's because they world their mind just worked in a completely different realm yeah it's like the first thing when you look at michael jackson the first thing you think is that guy's not normal and it's kind of the same with louis ck don't you think that when you see him and then you just heard that like he masturbates in front of chicks it's just like yeah but dude he's an artiste like I understand that in the in the moral realm of things, that's a bad thing. Sure. But the thing is that, like, creativity, this is what I don't think society understands, is that, like, uh, you can't have your Da Vinci's if you don't have your Jack the Ripper's. Because someone like Jack the Ripper was kind of channeling creativity mm. in his art of, you know, brutally murdering women sure. or whatever. Yeah. They're still accessing the same part of the brain. Yeah. And so usually when you are really creative, your brain goes to dark places. And starts acting out on dark places as well. It's this, it's this weird... That's, that's what's very fascinating about the energy of creativity. It's like, uh, you can do great things, but terrible things. That's very fascinating. <laughs> because I've personally found that stereotype of the tortured artist actually almost frustrating in a way. Because don't you think that in, in, in comedy there are some people who are just they have a drug problem or they have their alcohol issues. And as a result, people automatically assume, oh, they're such an artist. Their art is great because they're so tortured. Mm. Not every tortured person is, yes. as a result, going to become a good, <laughs> be a good artist. And that is so bright because you see that so much now. Like someone who's just a complete, 
like it clearly doesn't have their life in control and they <laughs> produce something and everyone's like, oh, oh, it's, it's, I don't understand so it, but it must be good <laughs> because clearly they're tortured. So I'm so glad. Ninety nine percent of tortured yes. people are just tortured people. They're Probably not all great more. artists. I know. Definitely more, actually. <laughs> it's so yeah. I look because we 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 move in the same worlds. You see that all the time. And honestly, I would prefer a comedian that has a work ethic that isn't as creative. And it and also on top of that, uh, I mean, it becomes an excuse because they're like, yeah, I don't need to fix myself up because yeah, I'm just I'm an artist, man. It's just what I do. Yes. I just do drops. It's ridiculous because you can you can. So, how is that creative in the first yeah. plot? And also, the other thing is, I don't think the drug taking necessitates you being a tortured soul. That just means you're an addict, dude. Like, you, wh- what you are doing, if anything, is channeling creativity into just like a. Because the thing is, all right. If you smoke marijuana, and you, I think George Carlin was saying this right that if you're a chronic stoner. Hmm. You actually don't make good art because your brain is just constantly in that realm. On top of that, it saps you of any motivation and drive, which is part of the tortured artist construct. You Mm. actually have to feel those emotions and channel it into your art. You can't Mm. just be like, oh, this is too much for me. You can't escape (sighs) from it. You can't escape from it. Can't escape from it. That's it. And drugs is an escape out. But Mm. the other thing that he was saying is every six months or so, he'd take one joint and then he'd re-look at his work. And because it makes mm. your brain think differently, he comes up with different connections. Sure. So, look, th- there's arguments for and against drug taking being part of it. But honestly, I think that the tortured artist is more of just a state of being. It's somebody who... Because, man, the most creative people that I've met in my life, so much more talented than you or I. I think that we just hit that nice little sweet spot of being like, you know, just just entrepreneurial enough, just just willing enough to take risks, but also uh, understand that uh, deodorant's probably a good idea, you know? Like, but th- <laughs> you there's the amount that... of times I've wished I was more tortured. <laughs> I'm like, damn this great work ethic. <laughs> damn this discipline. I'll never be a great artist. But the thing is, you are an artist. That's, that's the difference, right? Like, yeah. just because you're a creative person, I mean... I guess you can say that you're an artist because you made something. That's another argument. But mm. uh, to be paid and be an artist, it's mm. very, very, very rare that somebody who is actually legitimately a creative genius mm. is able to make a living out of it. I know a lot of creative people because I went to a performing arts school and most of them are basket cases now. Mm. They don't. They, one of them I know for a fact doesn't put on his pants. He, right. he gets his girlfriend to do that. He's what, that and out so, of this ha, world. How do you de- how uh, how do you decide that these people are creative? Because when you're talking to them, they just think in a. You know how there's some people that you just hear them talk and you go, "How did their mind go there?" Yeah. Okay. And it kind of makes sense, but there's always a, you know the a very good example that I always use is um, fuck now I can't even remember his name, but he used to do the Late Late Show. The, the the Scottish guy. Uh, um, Craig Ferguson. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's clearly a tortured man if you go look at his past. Uh, he, he dabbled in drugs a lot, which is another thing that a lot of creative people do, again, because it's just trying to silence the voices, I guess. Mm. But, and this is the other thing that, about creativity, a lot of it is failure. And that's the other thing that's good about creative people. They're not scared of failure. Mm. 
which I think just naturally transposes into the rest of their, their worlds in general because they understand that to create something great, you know, you've got to make a lot of fuck-ups. It's, it's mm. Thomas Edison's line of, you know, uh, genius is 99% perspiration, 1% inspiration. It's just sure. a lot of making a lot of accidents and then you make something great. So creativity is the ability to think in a way that hasn't been, hasn't been, hasn't existed before? Is that... Sort of, yeah. Okay. No boundaries. Sure. The more boundaries you have... the So, for instance, a lawyer is going to be normally the exact opposite of a creative yes, person. Because they're restricted by... Well, they're, and they're taught to be restricted. The aim of their court case. Yeah. And the language that they need to use. Yeah. Whereas the creative person... <laughs> yeah, that's just man. abstract. Yeah. Which is another reason why a lot of them are homeless and are kind of cool with being homeless. They just live on a different plane to most people. Okay. Um, so then how do, you, uh, how do you define the creative geniuses that were successful? So you're Michael Jackson's and the well, painters of the 20th century. Michael Jackson was kind of just beaten into being successful. If he was just left to his own devices, he would just be on the side street just busking, being like, ooh, for sure. But it was just his dad was extremely abusive and worked him like a little road horse and he got lucky. And what, what was it about Michael compared to all the other kids that get unfortunately beaten by their dads that don't become creative geniuses? I, well, no one knows. Yeah. No one knows what happens, but there's something in some people's brains that make them see the world very different. And the thing is... When you look at Michael Jackson's music, really, who hates it? Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> now people might. Yeah, but I think that even they're, they're just saying it because they're not creative people and they don't understand that, you know, you've got you to gotta accept the whole package mm. when it comes to that. They're just saying it because they heard somebody in the media just be like, he's bad, and then they're just like, okay. So you don't think that the art is separate from the artist? You think it is just a whole package, but we don't need to... Uh, we, 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 we don't need to exclude certain art if it's created by someone who has done morally questionable things. No. Well, you can't because that you yeah. would be excluding most of the great art in history. Yeah. Same thing with Picasso. He was an awful man. But can the art, is the art separate to the artist? Can you take Thriller and just be like, yeah, this is a good song? Or does, it, does the context always have to involve the artists themselves. Well, do you think... Th I don't. I, I'm, I'm perfectly happy with accepting that human beings are multifaceted. Yeah. Oh, I agree with you there. <laughs> but I, I also think there's a... You can, you, can, you can have a judgment about art without taking into account the person who created it. Exactly. I reckon that's it. Honestly, I think that if you're not doing that, uh, it's, it's, it, you really just haven't thought it through. Yeah. Again, I just go back to that point, though. It's just, it's, what, what do you expect these people? If you're living outside the boundaries of society, which mm -hmm. is what creatives do, um, they're always on that preface. On, that's why they always move into ghetto suburbs. Mm. And then they make them cool, and then yuppies move in, and hipsters move in, and then they're just like, this scene's dead. And then they go to somewhere else. And it's, sure. they, they're always kind of borderline homeless if they sometimes they actually are and they, they, they just live in that world of mess and they, they, they're organizing it um, in a way that's kind of beautiful in a way. Yeah. That's kind of the artist's job, I guess, is kind of uh, 
making people see things in a different way. And so by very definition of that, if you're making people see things in a different way, it's that thing of just like you are what your thoughts are, sure. essentially, at the end of the day. Like if you say normally, I didn't realise this apparently, if you say, for instance, you know, um, I'm a late person, yeah. it's very, very likely that you are, you're not just saying it. It's just you've observed that pattern and you just say it. And so as a result of that, whenever somebody ever says anything or what their actions are, that that is habitual. Like 95% of what you do is habit. Mm. But if their habit is being crazy and weird all the time, they're going to do crazy, weird shit. (laughs) And so like, yeah, I don't know what the answer is when it comes to all these creatives because it's really sad actually when I see a lot of these people that, that I know that I just know there, there is no one in the world like you and it would be good if the world saw more of you and saw the way that you think. But they with probably, that They need insanity, to put on pants. That'd be a start, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Instead of, uh, yeah, uh, uh, like... But that's taking it, away the, the creativity. <laughs> but that's another thing about creatives. We see it all the time. They are very childlike. They're basically kids because when you're a kid, again, you're just less restricted. And do you think uh, environment plays a bigger part in creating this creative uh, gene? Is it? Is it? A, do you think it is a gene, or do you think it's comes about through environmental factors? No, I think that. Well, yes. Obviously, you know, if you're uh, you're a Hollywood producer, then you're just going to have a kid that's in one of those bands that has like two songs or whatever. But so obviously there's some environmental factor if you're not going to be a creative or not, Hmm. or there can be at least. But in general, I think that this is actually just an inbuilt thing, just like. Some people are born extremely smart and some people are born stupid. Some people are born very creative and some people are born aren't. Mm. I don't think that that's an excuse for you to not work on it. Yeah. But I think that's the reality, that you can only push it so far. Mm. I still think that you should work on it, though. Yeah, interesting. Because what, like with your stand-up, do you do this activity all the time? I do it all the time. If there's a sentence that doesn't work, I just naturally did that test. If there's a sentence that doesn't work, I just write 20 other sentences. And usually I won't even get to the 20th sentence. I'll get to like the seventh sentence or something. And I'll be like, that's a better sentence than the sentence that I have. And now that I know that that's a creative, that's a thing that you can use as a tool to make you more creative. Sure. It's that's just kind of scatterbrained. You no, know? that's not a process I would go through. I go through the individual words more than the actual, I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't replace an entire sentence usually. Yeah. Not, no, I don't think so. Well, I've never even thought about that. It might actually work better. I don't know. But it, it's that same thing of... So for uh, me, it's all about the refinement. It's about this is the thought that I'm trying to get across. How do I refine every little word in this stand-up bit to get that point across as effectively as possible? Well, yeah, that's... It's it's the same thing. It's It's that... I think... It's, it's, it's a thing that most people just don't... Like, when people I, say, I'm not creative, they can't... Maybe but I don't, to be honest, I don't think so. I'll let you... I don't yeah. think that's the creative part. I think the creative part is the actual thought itself upon which the words then come from that. So the thought that goes into the stand-up, so what, you, what is it that you are trying to say? That's the creative bit. Then the words are almost an after-effect of that. Do you know what I'm saying? 
No, go again. So, <laughs> so if you have an idea about it, so for me, when I try to think of my stand, I try to think of okay, what's the perspective? I think we agree on, on this with how we define good standard, which is presenting a perspective that hasn't been yep. heard or seen yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that itself is the like that that thought is the creative part. Then the words, I don't think they're as important. Man, yeah, you, okay. if you, you are if right. The, the, the words are not important. I didn't important. articulate that, yeah. but you do understand. No, I, know, I okay. get it now. Yeah, yeah. But it's still part, this is what I'm saying. Everything that you can, everything that you do can or can't be creative. Everything. Sure. As in, you could clean the house creatively. Yeah. You could brush your teeth creatively. Because, you know, habitually you, you will do it exactly the same time every time. Yeah. Ever since you were, you learned to do it when you were five. You can do it differently. So when you're refining those words, you can still see that as part of the creative process. And you're right. Sure. I, I, yeah, I agree. But I think the main component of creativity comes from the thought itself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And that's another part of why I enjoy talking to comedians because they they do do that. Their, their whole job is coming up with different thoughts. Mm. Like that, that, pretty much, that's what your art canvas is. It's just like these are all the thoughts I thought this year. That's stand up. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or even better, these are the best thoughts that I thought that, that I personally wow, think. How I egotistical is that? It's pretty, dude. There's no pay one to hear my thoughts. And that's, that's what it. it is. And usually, pay to hear my thoughts, which is usually just my life. Wow. Oh wow. It's gross, isn't it? That's that's something that I'm constantly aware of in stand up. I try and teach the audience something because I don't want to waste their time of just being like, Yeah, I had a fight with my girlfriend and I think I'm right in this situation. What a twist. I thought I was right. It's stupid. But like I think that Wait, hang on. You're just saying stand up is stupid. In general, man, don't you? Don't you think that a lot of it is I think that in general oh, okay. all what art is pretty crap. All right, all right, all right. So, like, so when you say stupid, do you think it's... What do you mean by that? Stand-up is stupid. I think it's a waste of time. I think it's not particularly creative. A lot of the stand-up sets that I see, I'm just like... You're okay, just okay. So any fucking Melbourne saying International a, a, Comedy Festival. Are you saying a lot of stand-up is crap, but there is some really good stand-up out there? Or do you think yeah, stand-up in general is stupid? I think that stand-up is actually, and I do not regard myself as even fucking close to like one of the one of the greats or whatever, but I think that in general, stand-up is the hardest to be best at because what are you doing? You're just having a chat. Mm. Everybody has a chat. So you have to be really good at having a chat. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you reckon? There's so, nothing you can depend upon, especially if you're at an open mic. I just remember seeing those open mics where it would be a bunch of miscellaneous artistic acts. There'd be a musician, then there'd be a, a singer, and then there'd be a stand-up. And you just, you observed it and you saw that the stand-up had to just rely on the quality of their thoughts and their mm, ideas. Mm, mm. Whereas the singer could still have the rhythm and the, the tone and all that sort of thing. Yep. But the, exactly the it. stand-up, it just it completely just, you, it's just you and the mic. That's it. So it's like, if you are good at stand-up, and first off, I, I do agree that most pe- with most people that it takes like 30 years to be good at stand-up, but if mm. you are very good at stand-up, it is an impressive trait. It is, it's an impressive skill um, because 
you know, like you, you're just relying on one thing. You've got just your thoughts in front of you. All of that is very impressive. Having said that, I think it has the strongest miss rate. And man, you can look at Netflix. I, I don't think I've laughed at any okay. of it. I agree with you there that it has the, it, it's the hardest to get right. It's the hardest to get right. Bad stand-up is just is horrifically awkward to yeah. watch. Even if you watch a mediocre band. But I thought you, you were saying stand-up in general is stupid. The art itself. Oh, the art itself. No. No, okay. no. I wouldn't go that far. Okay. But I will say that I think it's a lower art than other arts, art forms. So, for instance, I think that, like, dance and music is higher up on the creative spectrum than stand-up would be. Why is that? Because it's just... How, how do you tell a story with your fucking body? Like, with no words at all. You just go out there and you're just like, yep, this is uh, the Russian Revolution. It's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Really, that's a... <laughs> So your inner creativity coming out. You should be a choreographer. Oh, no, I should not. I am the most unco-cunt you will ever meet in your life. <laughs> I have no control over my body at all. Yeah, you can tell now, can't you? But, um, uh, yeah, I, I think that if, if you're going to go down in terms of creativity, stand-up would be mm. a lot lower down because, yes, you're coming up with new thoughts, but you at least are able to articulate them. You can convey okay. what you're thinking to other people. Yeah. That is really difficult to do in music and dance successfully. Huh. And it's also, this is the other thing as well, man. Like the, the But you don't have that backup because with music and, and dance, you have, you can be an average singer, for example, mm. and you're not, you're not illustrating anything amazing, nothing groundbreaking, nothing new, but people would still be like, oh, that's good. That's yeah. decent. Yeah. You know, that had yeah. a rhythm to it, that had a flow. Whereas if you're an average stand-up, that's just like we said, that's extremely awkward to watch. Yeah. You have to be good at it. The stakes yeah. are a lot higher. Yeah. That's it. So I think it, it requires a lot more skill for you to be passable in stand-up. Mm. And but I suppose the discipline involved, I wouldn't know. I've never, I've never tried uh, doing ballet or singing. <laughs> But I suppose God, the discipline I would love in to see that. But anyway, <laughs> should, keep yeah. the discipline involved in uh, <laughs> being, uh, you know, be, be championing that art would be incredible. Of course, they're there, you know, hours a day just perfecting the pirouette or whatever. I don't know yeah. what it is. But they will break their toes, yeah, don't they? Triangle things. <laughs> but that's it, I, I, honestly. And I saw it all the time. The, the dancers at my school that actually went on to become, uh, you know, the, the people that were just in, like, the London Ballet Society and all those kind of things. The ones that became successful at it. Mm. And even then, it's see, this is the other thing that's really sad as well. Honestly, people always complain. I hate this thing of people being like, comedy's the hardest job in the world. How fucking self-absorbed <laughs> do you have to be? Like, that's harder than fucking being a child soldier digging up diamonds, is it? Like, it's, it's nowhere fucking Who says quiet. that? Who says comedy is the hardest job in the world? Haven't you heard that? Maybe it's not as prominent as what I thought it is. Anyway, moving on. But, like, the thing is, at the end of the all, day... All I ever hear is, is, is people coming up to me and being like, oh, I could never do what you do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Getting up in front of people, making them laugh. And... A lot of the time, those people are funnier. But that's the art of it, I guess, is that yeah, you, know, but you, be, go, you put them on stage and they're not. Exactly, and that's where the actual art comes from. 
being that's a the funny act. person in a social situation is incredibly different to being funny on stage. Yes. And presenting funny thoughts in an in a unique way. Because in fact, I think there's actually a correlation between people who are not that funny in person or just rather meek and keep to themselves in person. And they're the ones who are good stand-ups. Because mm. they're introverted. Mm. They're observant. Observant and they're willing to be by themselves for a long time, which is that's a huge component of being a good comedian, just being an uber loner. Mm. You have to spend heaps of time by yourself. Yeah. But that is the difference between someone who's funny and not because, the, yeah, the funny person is actually an extrovert and the comedian is usually an introvert. That's true. So let's just, just go back to what you were saying before, which is you think uh, everyone would be better at their job if they were more creative. How do you improve your creativity? Because just off the top of my head, I would it would almost be like unlearning uh, the techniques that you employ to improve any other academic skill because if you want to get better at mathematics for example it's all about practice it's all about discipline whereas to improve your creativity i can only assume you have to actually think outside of the box Mm. and not be restricted Mm. by any sort of Mm. objective rules Mm. so what how do you do it and that's the personality type that's that's the really scary part about this is kind of just some people don't like thinking outside the box I remember that, but but how do you do, how do you then? So you're saying you want to improve your creativity. What are there any are there techniques you can do to to do that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the first of all, the, the use one, <laughs> <laughs> and it actually does. Uh, look, I will give you this: if you are disciplined enough to sit there with a pen and paper and write down a lot of stuff, you will be sitting there and you're just like, oh yeah, this is the fucking sweetest joke ever. And you look, none of them will be. I mean, sorry. Fuck all of them will be. Hmm. But two of those thoughts will be really funny. In fact, I think in the last two stand-up shows that I did, the two biggest jokes in those entire stand-up things were from me being stoned with my friends when I was 19. And I just still had it in notes. I was like, damn, that's fucking hilarious. And you put it in. But a lot of those thoughts are going to be crap. But that's the, the first thing that you have to be is just very 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 comfortable with failure so for instance i think it was beethoven and mozart both of them the reason that they're famous now and the reason that their their works are so respected basically they just did 10 times more work Mm. than their contemporaries they released 10 times more symphonies so a lot of those symphonies no one knows and it's the same with all these other guys some of them actually did write really good symphonies some you know if you're a, a, a scholarly musicologist or whatever you'd probably say that you know there's uh, artists Hmm. from that time that wrote better stuff but they didn't write as much stuff so they didn't have as much chance of being remembered and a lot of their crap was just awful but the thing is they were just in that mind of just constantly processing things and i think that's the same thing is like first off if you're doing anything creative the thing that is you always have to fight is god what was this book in the War of Art, I think. In the War of Art, they were just saying that you have to, uh, you have to constantly fight against resistance. And the people that are most creative are the people that don't have to fight resistance as much. As in, this idea is shit. I can't think of anything. Um, you know, like I- I'm not in the mood at the moment. 
The people that are most creative are the ones that are just like, I can't think of anything. Well, I'm just going to write down exactly what I think at this moment. And eventually what starts happening, if you do that, I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you know what? You can go insane doing this. There was this, there was this guy, I think his name was Jed McKenna. He came up with this thing called like a spiritual autolysis. And a lot of, I think even Jordan Peterson talks about this as well. But essentially, if you just sit there and you yeah. write down just day in, day out, you just keep writing, eventually what happens is your subconscious kicks in and you just start writing and then you read things and you go, Jesus, that's pretty dark or damn, like I didn't even know I knew that or that's a very funny thought or that's a scary thought. Oh, sorry, that's a scary <laughs> thought. But all these, all these things come to fruition and eventually you start going a bit mad because you also start realising that... Have you done that? Most of the things... Yeah, but then after a while, it started freaking me out, and I stopped. I, long, I, I don't how, want to go down that rabbit hole. How long were you writing for? You know what? I think there was a good period of my life for maybe three to four months where I was writing, just writing. Just writing for oh, about so, two uh, hours a day. So you're not talking about one continuous session of nonstop writing. You're just talking about consuming most of the day with with writing but still taking food breaks and things like well that. that's what those people would do if they really want to go it's nothing so they'd well they'd, they'd eat and drink but they'd just just be writing yes well wow. in fact people always say that that's the ultimate spiritual enlightenment and it kind of makes because you know what, what's the definition of enlightenment truth and those people right. just sit there with one question at the top which is just what do you know for sure and there's a very scary thought to face because actually you don't know much. <laughs> and it becomes wow. really clear the deeper you go into it. So you're basically just deprogramming yourself. That's how it works. Wow. But anyway, somebody who is creative usually is somebody who's not afraid to go to those places. The, the less fear they have of going there, okay. the less fear they have of structure, uh, not being structured, yeah. they like being in a kind of chaotic mind frame. It's again this thought of just like it could be anything. So rebellious mindset. Yeah, rebellious mindset, and and this this word keeps coming up over and over again when you read about creativity, openness. So that's why I'm saying about the fucking, uh, you know, who landed it anyway? Improv and stuff. Yeah. Yes, you're not going to get laid at the time, but you will get laid <laughs> later on. And that's what it all comes down to. <laughs> We've gone full As circle. Always. <laughs> Can we ever this escape podcast this? podcast is just how to get laid. <laughs> Be creative. <laughs> just non-stop theories about how to get laid, but not that much evidence to back it up. I think what it is, is the sort of men in particular that are attracted to improv. And look, this is coming from a guy who was very attracted to improv. <laughs> <laughs> are the sort of guys who can't excel in other areas of traditionally, well... Traditionally masculine domains, for example, they're not good at sport or they're not particularly aggressive or good at other areas of life that are traditionally where men can, you know, find some value. <laughs> so they go to, they go to improv. <laughs> so that's You're why it, right, it, it, it then takes a long time for them to use that skills to act, use those skills to then get themselves laid. Because they have to over, <laughs> overcome the fact that they're already they're <laughs> at the bottom of the, the pecking order. <laughs> but if they then can find a way to get to the top of the pecking order, those skills would they would come in handy. That's what I think. Mm. Because okay, it's I about you. making yourself you open. Mm. That's all improv is. Improv is that idea of it could be anything. I remember 
there was this thing on who's the best. It was some documentary I was watching ages ago or, or TV show. I don't know. But it was it was who's the most creative. And they had like a chess player. They had a musician, a dancer. They had some literary expert. They had a physicist. And just came out with every single field. The physicist knocked it out of the park. Really? Everything. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Like if... The smartest people on earth you can imagine just sitting there in a laboratory all fucking day just like scribbling away at a chalkboard. Equations, right? But the thing is that he was saying at the end of it, he was going, of course I was going to be the biggest genius. My job is to sit there. You know those impossibles? Those puzzles that you can get and they don't have any edges and it's just like a picture of a million golf balls and they go, there you go. It's fucking impossible to finish that. But he was just basically saying that mine is just an infinitely harder impossible. Like you're looking at the universe every day and going, this doesn't make sense at all. And you have to try and figure out something that you will never figure out in your lifetime. Never. Not in a hundred generations will we know anything about the universe, like coming even close to it. Maybe even being AI or something, I don't know. But just with the human mind, it's impossible. So just taking on that challenge every day of trying to solve this unbelievably complex puzzle is going to make you smart in every field. And so... Never thought of it like that. The wow. thing that he kept going to, and he was saying Just the same Just the starting thing. point would take creativity. Where exactly. do I start? Where do you start? Yeah. And so he goes... He's doing the creative thing and he wins it out right because every they just go make a painting make the most different painting from everybody else and you'll figure out that you're the most creative anyway so everybody's just painting away and stuff and actually it just comes down to really everybody was just doing an extension of themselves like the violin player was making a violin ooh, creative but then everybody determined because this guy just put his ass cheeks in paint and then just started going on the ground in different colors and it was easily the most different out of all of them. It was just random. It was just absurd, bizarre. And okay, like okay. no one would have thought of that. But is just is being different just does that always indicate creativity? No. But it does. It's it's close. It's close to that. Hmm. So if you are different, you could just be crazy. But you could also be eccentric. That's pretty much the difference. If you're eccentric, your ideas have some merit. Sure. If you're crazy, they don't. But he was he was coming back to this point that if you're creative, anything that you do, like you you realize that the answer is it could be anything. And the more you understand that idea, I think the more creative you are. Okay. Like the answer could be anything where you least suspect it. That's something that you need to get into. And then the other thing, of course, is just going into, you know, working intensely for a long period of time, then taking a break, going for a walk, watering your plants, doing something completely different. Right. And then your subconscious sets in, works on that problem. You come back and then you'll see that you just go, oh, shit. Mm. A lot of those problems will be solved. These are all techniques. Because, I look, I haven't researched this topic as thoroughly as you have, clearly. (laughs) um, (laughs) Or at all. Yeah, yeah, really, to be honest. (laughs) But I have uh, come across the, the, the idea that uh, simply by virtue of being different or presenting something different, you have artistic merit or you are automatically creative. I don't know if I always agree with that, man, because there mm. are particularly, again, I, I take it back to my own experiences in comedy. There are comedians who are clearly just trying to do something that isn't bound by the normal structures of how to write a punchline and how to present a joke. And they're lauded as these creative geniuses because, oh, they, 
I know, you know I hate by that. specifically not being funny. They're yes. somehow being funny because they've just t- taken apart what it you know what normal comedy is and they've somehow like dissected it and i, I, know. I don't know maybe i'm just not on their level of genius no, i just don't not, see dude. it it's they, they're just going down that road of the shittest fucking like it's a really bastardized version of what creativity is which is just the idea of postmodernism and they they always think they're the first person to think of it it's just like right. dude it's not the 30s you're not the first person to think of this sure but so I then how blame. do you judge that? Because, again, I, I don't know what this book is or where you've found this experiment, but hearing that this guy's, you know, put paint on his butt cheeks or whatever and just jumped around on the, on the painting, <laughs> is that... So what were they judging in terms of the creativity they there? They were just judging they were just saying, how so, different it is from everyone else's idea. So, right. look, yeah, and also on top of that, when you say that, I hate that, just as much as you do, and I'll just add this to it. The thing is that's so annoying about that is it's not original. When people are being like crazy and absurd and weird, like a lot of the things that they're yeah. saying, you think if I was going to be crazy and absurd and weird, I would have said that exactly. in that scenario. You know what? Actually, this is going to get me a lot of hate, but I don't give a fuck. Mighty Boosh fucking shits me to death. That is not creative. Sorry. It's so always this fucking thing of just being like, it was kooky and weird. But again, it's that same thought of if you wanted to be kooky and weird, you would come up with the mighty boosh. It's not different in that kind of a way. But yes, again, hmm. difference and having it being applicable is something that's also like, that's, that's the other half of it. The thing is that if you're going to do something that's uh, creative, often what you want is to have boundaries put on you and that's where that openness comes in because you figure out how to get around the boundary in a way that still works within the rules. Sure. And the example that I always use of that is Ren and Stimpy. Ren and Stimpy was really funny and weird and scary Hmm. as a kid show. But then they made adult Ren and Stimpy and so then there was just no rules whatsoever that they couldn't break or find other ways around. So when they were doing a kid's version of Ren and Stimpy... He'd sit there and then just fantasize about how he was going to torture Rin. Would sit there and fantasize about how he was going to torture Stimpy. Yeah, and it became way scarier and intense as a result of that. But if, but in the adult version of that, he would have just done what they've done in Inchy and Scratchy or something like that. Just pulled out his eyes, you know, used his carcass as a bagpipe, whatever. But the thing is that because there was no rules that they were breaking, that they were but still like acceptable within that framework, acceptable enough. It just wasn't as good. And you can say the same thing with Howard Stern. Howard Stern's show was a lot better when it was networked than when he went on to satellite radio where he could just say whatever he wanted. But the thing is that there's that mind that is capable of saying that whatever he wants thing, but there's also that thing of like, you have to do it within this parameter. Mm. And I find that's very... Okay, I agree with you there. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, because that conflict is where the creativity comes about. Yeah, exactly. Mm. You're trying to figure out a way to solve a problem. Like yeah. you're like, I want to show Stimpy getting tortured, but I can't. How am I going to do this? Yeah, that's creative. It Absolutely. forces you to okay. think differently. Yeah, and it's also another reason that I think that, I, like to to my great detriment, I hate it when. Uh, I, like I, I don't like now that I'm in a part of my career where I've got more money, and I think that that's one of the truest things that's ever been said on creativity. Is that subtle, money kills subtle art. Subtle brag. 
Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but uh, yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, Patreon's it going well. Kmart money. <laughs> um, but the thing is that, well, you know, like I'm not, I'm not a millionaire or whatever, but I'm making enough money to live, which is what most creative people would kill for. It's like very rarely that that happens. Sure. And uh, you make a lot of compromises with that. But the thing is that I don't like that I have the ability now, if I wanted to, to just get a bunch of, you know, animal suits and a jumping castle and all these kind of things. That, that you could yeah, afford okay. all of these high-budget things. Do, do you think it's just the 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 money component and the the ability to live comfortably, or do you think it's adversity that creates good, that pushes the artist and the creator to create the best art? Yeah, it's the... It's, so you can Adversity still, is another word for boundaries, right? Yeah, so you can still have the money and be rich, but if you've got that personal turmoil, for example, many of the great artists, you know, they, they achieved their fortune, but then they still kept producing great art was because they always had that personal turmoil. Yep. That's, that's exactly it. This is what you'll so see again, over you and over. You also just need the personal turmoil, like me. You need it. <laughs> yeah. Or at least, look, let's, let's just redefine it. You don't need turmoil. Let's you need abu- boundaries. We need to abuse each other when we least expect yes, it. Yes, that's... Oh, my God. <laughs> right, I'd, be, I'd be pretty happy with that if you just that's ran into deal. my house and stabbed me in the leg every now and then and ran out. Likewise. Thanks, Neil. Likewise. <laughs> hey, um, the, the, I think... Look, because the thing is, someone who I actually do think is a creative genius and everyone will like roll their eyes. She's, you know, she's not as much as one of the, say Michael Jackson is, but who is, but she is probably when people like, dude, it was so sad watching Usher say, I think I'm this generation's Michael Jackson. No, sweetheart. Sorry. The, the one that maybe I know, is, confessions was a pretty good song. <laughs> yeah. And who could forget sweat suit. That was oh, Nelly. Nelly. That was <laughs> Oh, bringing out a casual racism. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mixing, up the <laughs> mixing up the early 2000s. It's not even in the same genre. Nelly's hip-hop. Is he? R&B. Yeah. Fuck I that. I mean, Nelly crossed Dude, over into R&B, a... but I'd call him hip-hop. Man, that is a blur, that whole generation <laughs> of shit to be now. It's, it's a blur, like... but it was also the greatest. Oh, everyone's... The greatest no generation that. of music of yeah. all time. Yeah, music died when Ja Rule stepped out. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm not even joking. For me, that was the greatest uh, era of music. So what Shows how much I know about creativity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, 60s rock. No, man, no. 2000s rap. That's where it's at. Yeah. Just when Garage Band was invented <laughs> and they didn't get pretentious. John Lennon. Nah, bruh. Ja Rule. <laughs> the poor man's John Lennon. Oh damn, dude! That it just seems so wrong to even say that, doesn't it? To, to even give him that. I don't know. It feels pretty good to me. <laughs> feels right. <laughs> that album cover. Fuck. I remember <laughs> even as a kid just going, "Nah, this is pushing it." <laughs> okay, but so so okay. So who's this generation's? Uh... Creative genius, then, you were going to say. Well, in, in terms of music pop, obviously, mm. when it comes to other creative fields of music, so, for instance, classical music or whatever, there's going to be people that are way more musically proficient. But mm. sure. it is apparent to me that at least Lady Gaga makes different pop music, as in it's popular, mm. it hits top 40 a lot, but she kind of breaks boundaries and kind of becomes the first wave of what is then borrowed off of from other female singing artists. 
Um, and she was saying that even though she is a multi-millionaire at this point, when she's writing an album, she stays in a room that is completely white with a mattress and a notepad. And it's that same thing of just you don't want to be surrounded by distractions and the idea of just being like, okay. you're great already. And So how do, you, how do you objectively define the creativity there? Do you, do, you, do you, from what you said before, which is the fact that she creates new trends and new sounds that then other artists attach themselves to and use? Is that the measure? You're... Wouldn't you say that's a good one? A trendsetter? Yeah, yeah, I'd say that. But then, again, it might just be me and, and the way that my mind just can't comprehend these uh, grand artistic ideas. <laughs> but I see Lady Gaga a lot and I'm just like, that's just weird. Like, what's she doing? I don't, I don't understand. I don't particularly... How do you define it? How do you how do you differentiate weird from genius? That's what I want to know. And that's, that's because I clearly can't. Well, neither can I. No one can. Okay. And that's the whole thing about genius is that it takes sometimes generations for society to catch up. You know, the classic example is Van Gogh that he just died selling one painting, yeah. and then like a hundred years later, everyone went, "Holy shit! What the fuck were we thinking? This is so much better than really nice bowls of fruit." Yeah. And it's, it's that idea that a lot of the things that people see now, they, they, they're just going to dismiss that person as a crackpot and a weirdo. And a hundred years from now, when society catches up and critics critique it, they're just going to go, yeah, that person was actually good. But I think... And when they say that, when the critics say that person was actually good, what are they taking into account? They're taking into account, first of all, were they ahead of their time? Were they trend-setting in a way? Because that's the whole thing. I, 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 look, I don't know anything okay. about art history. I'm completely stupid about it. And frankly, I'm glad I'm just not that much of a fan of paintings. More ignorant than you the are. Took the out of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the, um, what they're looking for is somebody who started up a completely new style of painting, which is sure. why... This okay. is a, like, I, look, I hate modern art like most people do. But I do understand that it's very hard. Like, where the fuck do you go from now? Like, yeah. okay, everyone agrees Renaissance painting's awesome, but it's been done. Yeah, to push the sure. boundaries of thought, you need to come up with something new. And so when someone goes like, it's a crinkly bed and they get 50 grand, yeah. I, I think that's a huge waste of taxpayer money. After I hate while. the fact that I have to pay for that. Sure. But After all, well, it becomes that bastardized version that we were talking about, which is the fact that it's just... It's considered great just simply by virtue of being different. Isn't yeah, it? it's not good enough. Yeah. You're right. No, it has to have some practicality and some meaning to it. So, yeah. for instance, uh, Edward Munch, I think his name was, the guy that made The Scream, yeah. he was the first person to paint emotions. So instead of just painting sure. some muscly cunt and then just putting a fig leaf over his cock, he just went, no, I just want to paint despair. And that's how he came up with The Scream, just that picture being like, <laughs> He was the first dude to do it. Okay. So that's how you see somebody as being yeah. uh, creative, is kind of just like pushing the trend forward in a way that mm. is useful for the rest of society, I think would be the best way that you could describe someone who's creative. And something that people always say as well is that creative geniuses and entrepreneurs are pretty close, closely knit. Mm. Because, again, they're, just, they're going into the realm of what isn't there yet and bringing it into reality, which is... You know, not many people do that. A lot of people just follow the rules. Hmm. And so that's why I honestly think that 
the world would be a better place if people kind of just honed their creativity in some way. Yeah. And thought about it in a different way. Because otherwise, dude, society just keeps running on the same wheel. Hmm. Do you think there are certain people in society, though, that if they, if they have particular jobs, they don't, you know, there's no real need for them to be creative? Yeah. Like an accountant. Yeah, people who just need to do the same, the same task because, each yeah, day. Because they're just basically a calculator. How's the creativity going to help them? I mean, look, not everyone has to be. But more <laughs> people should be. That's what I'm saying. Sure. And even somebody who, for instance, like how I was saying before, that lawyers aren't creative. Hmm. The best Some, lawyers probably are creative. Yes. No, the best lawyers would be fucked, But yeah, they're usually, you know, the guy that got OJ off and stuff. But. Sure. <laughs> great lawyer. But great lawyer, Gave man. us Kim Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude. Fuck. I mean, yeah, when God closes a window. Because it takes a, it, 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 it's a creative skill to, uh, you know, take from these infinite words and then process them in a way that is the most effective at getting across your particular argument. There are definitely going to be people who are better at that than others. That's a huge part of it. But the other thing is being able to interpret the law and make it apply to your client. Uh, If you're at the top of your game, you would have to be very creative with the law. And so actually it's that same thing of just, I mean, that is the ultimate game, isn't it? Because Mm. that is just rules. It's just this encyclopedia of rules and it's saying be creative using this encyclopedia of rules oh wow so yes there is examples of and again you will see that over and over that the people that are at the top of their field in law usually are creative but there are a lot of people in law that just follow the rules exactly are they tortured in the same way artists are well the great lawyers i've met uh God, now I can't even remember his name. Is, is it Justice Kirby? <laughs> I can't even... Yeah, it is Justice Kirby. Everyone at the top of their field has some kind of drug problem, it seems. Well, that's the first thing that I saw when I thought him. I was just like, yep, Coke. But uh, after that, he also... He's just got very eccentric hair. Or did. I don't even know if he's got it anymore. This was years ago. Hmm. And the way that he moved and the way that he spoke it was kind of Mick Jagger-esque. And then you look at what he has done to the Australian legal system. He's made huge reforms, none which cross my mind at the moment, but he is constantly being brought up over and over again in law books. Right. Being, he interpreted the law this way. There is definitely a streak mm. of creativity in that man. Interesting. So I think that's it, man. I think it's just about being open to more thoughts not being restricted by thoughts. Yeah. And that's another thing I think as well, is just like creative people, if you see them, it's always the same with po- politics and stuff like that. It's just like if somebody is just like, this is the way I think about the world, any other idea sucks. But then you see that a lot of artists that I know, that, that, that you know, I think personally are like the, the real artists and stuff, they'll just be like, yeah, yeah, Gavin McInnes is mad. Kyle Kalinsky's awesome. Noam Chomsky's sick. They, they, they like having different thoughts in their head. Sure. And they don't care where those thoughts come from or even if they're right. Sure. They just like thinking about stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, we've right, probably I gone over that's time. A good, yeah. <laughs> that's a good time to wrap things up. 
That was right. very informative and educational for me in particular. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you definitely spoke for about ninety percent of that <laughs> podcast. We'll talk about. Something well, I was you know just taking in the thoughts because I'm the creative here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>